feeling stuck, feeling lazy, feeling like you can't get any momentum right now? Well, actually, our advice to you today might be, here's what you can stop doing to be more productive. What's up, everybody? Jay Do and Tim Joyner back here with the Grow With Tim podcast. We're so happy that you are here. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you are. We're even doing a little extra on TikTok right now. And while we record this live podcast, we've got a TikTok live. Because, Tim, congratulations. You're over the hump. <laughs> and you have a 1,000-plus followers on your TikTok account. For those of you who are not on TikTok yet, get there. Right. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I mean, a 1,000 isn't much for some people, but when we started from zero and and uh, grew organically, I'm happy with that progress. Everyone starts at zero, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, zero. so we gotta get started. Speaking of getting started, we're talking about that energy today that we need to become a force of momentum. Dave Ramsey even came up with a new book, The Momentum Theorem. I've listened to that once or twice, years and years ago. I think he's given it like as a Sunday school presentation, but we're talking about managing not just time, but the resources we have, the number one resource, of course, outside of your time is your energy, That's your right. your focus, your creativity. That's right. We're going to get into it, Tim. So what are your thoughts around this? What do we do when we feel stuck? When do you feel stuck? Well, how, how do we get through something like yeah, this? So this came from a friend of mine who's um, been very successful in business, but right now is in a period of his life where things have not been going oh. well. Oh, and and so are we going to get any names? Tim? No, well, we'll 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 protect the innocent. Okay. But but this friend was saying, look, I just feel stuck. Like I don't feel productive. I'm not getting as much done as I want. I, I don't have a lot of energy or motivation. Right. And mm. and he was like, how do I get unstuck? And I thought, what a brilliant topic for a podcast because we've all been there. I, I've been there have been periods in my life where I've been incredibly productive and like everything is clicking and I'm getting stuff done and I feel like I can take on the world. And there are other times when, you know, I just kind of want to sit right. around and like scroll through TikTok videos. And, and the question is, how do you get unstuck? Well, unless if we're if we're following Grow with Tim on TikTok, then we're going to be unstuck yeah, well, soon enough. You're going to be binge right? watching us. Yes, but of course. Aside from that, okay. Aside yeah. from that, so here's my first question: This person that you're talking to, your friend, would you say that normally they are a very successful, productive yeah. type person? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So you're first off, we can admit that a lot of us go through these cycles right. of energy and life and productivity. So it's right. okay. It's okay, but yeah. how do you get? Right. You can't stay there. Right. It's you don't okay want to stay to there. Be there, but yeah. it's not okay to stay there. Right. right? Okay. It's not for a long period of time. So, right. For sure. So a, a preview of what I want to talk about today. I yeah. want to talk about how do you create your own confidence because confidence is an enormous source of hmm. or an incredible source of energy, right? If you're feeling insecure, uncertain, kind of down, you're not going to go out and take on the world. You're not right. going to do big things. But if you have confidence, you can do big things. So how do you create your own confidence? That's one thing I want to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about how do you employ the Pareto principle, right? It, most of us know that 80% of our results come from 20% of our activity right. and effort. So how do I do more of the really highly productive thing and less of the other stuff? So we want to eliminate things. We want to automate things. We yep. want to delegate things. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We want to talk about teamwork and, and how do you, you know, it might be the reason that you're feeling stuck is because you're doing a bunch of stuff that you just don't like to do or you're not very good at. Ooh, right. So how do we, how do we employ teamwork? So two plus two equals five. I want to talk about um, taking breaks and managing energy. How do you strategically use music and books and people and ideas and activities to, to build energy? So these are just some of the things that I want to cover as we talk about 
managing and creating momentum. Right. So first off, can you define or help us understand why we might go there? Do you think one of the main reasons is because we start to get bogged down with things we shouldn't be doing? Is yeah. that one of the reasons? Well, let's start with the really basic physiological things, okay. right? It may just be that you are not sleeping enough. Yeah, we're pooped, yeah. right. You may need to get better sleep. You may need better nutrition. If you're filling your body with junk food, right. that's you put bad fuel in your engine, you're not gonna go very far. It's the same thing with your body. Right. So it may be that you need better exercise, better nutrition, better sleep, and there are ways to fix all of those problems, right? I realize some of us have health challenges that are really intractable and difficult to fix, but for right. most of us, we can drink more water, we can exercise more, we can sleep better, and there may be some specific things that you can do to help sleep better. Change the temperature, get a better mattress, right? There's stuff like that. But assuming we've checked all the basic physiological okay. boxes, gotcha. it may just be that we're doing the wrong things. If we're constantly doing things that are stressful, low, that they're, they're not motivating for us, we don't like to do them, we're not very good at them, yeah, your momentum's gonna suck. Right, because if you're doing things that give you, I've heard it like this, I'm a speaker, I've done a lot of things in the public circle in terms of speaking. And if you're doing things that give you energy, yeah. then you never run out of energy, right. right? It's kind of the idea behind do stuff you love, work on things you love, and then you never actually work a day in your life. That's right. So if you're if you getting do, energy if you from love those what things, you do, you'll never work another yeah. day in your life. So if you're doing things that give you energy, for me, getting in front of a room, being able to control the environment and culture of an audience gives me energy normally, right? If it's the right room, right people. So. Uh, that's why I was I was asking, you know, do you think sometimes we're just spending too much time working on things that are taking energy away from us so we can't get momentum because we don't even want to go right back into work right. or we, work mode. We don't, we don't want to be productive because we don't like to do more of the thing that we don't like. Right, right. And so right. I think I have that problem and I've had that problem many times. So, so what do you do in that situation? Yeah, right. I, I think you've got to create, I know we've talked before about a stop doing list. Everybody has yes. a to do list, but what about a stop? doing like yes. so the way that I like to coach people to do this is build a spreadsheet get out Excel or Google Sheets or whatever and create a list of all the stuff that you do take an activity inventory mm -hmm. so all the little granular things that you do you send out invoices you manage projects you hire people you fire people you you open the mail you all kinds of stuff and, and then figure out which of those you're gonna stop doing and I put by column um, three months at a time. So yeah. next quarter, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that. Stop doing that. And I've done this so many times. I've completely reinvented my job description many times over. Right. And and the result is that I I'm doing a smaller range of things, but they're all things that I love to do and I think I'm good at. And man, that makes such a huge difference in energy. Right, right. right. So it's kind of what I've mentioned before in one-on-one -on -one situations, working with interns and new hires, especially in my realm, I have not had the coaching clientele of you, and nor do I think I should or want it out there. I'm just here to help, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> However, coaches do. Man. Yeah, well, but and I've been on that realm and in that driver's seat a few times for folks who have been in the intern type position, maybe they're in college. Yep. And I say, get to the middle of the three circles. So I believe that was a good to great Jim Collins th philosophy is the circle of what you love to do, the Venn diagram, yeah. what you love to do, what you're good at and what makes money. That's if right. you can stay toward the middle of those things, then you'll have the energy and momentum because you like doing things and you're good at and success and rewards. Yeah. 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 So there it is. Um, but for me, uh, I don't think that I've actually taken your advice on this one about 
writing down the things that I'm going to stop doing over the course of time. So there's your first takeaway. Yeah, I need to do it because I mean, having it listed out in terms of this quarterly idea, X to Y by when yeah. is really probably, well, I mean, a lot of us need to do out a there. lot of us. do. Yeah. The, the first time I did this, I thought, man, I was, this was back 15 years ago. And I was working 80 hour weeks all the time. And I thought, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. I'm going to be down to like 25 hours a week. What am I going to do with myself? And what I found was there was a whole additional list that I didn't even know about because I didn't <laughs> right. have the bandwidth, the right. mental bandwidth, get the there. time and the energy to think about it. But when I got rid of all these low value tasks, I was like, Oh, I could do that. And I could do that. And all these strategic big things that were, you know, moved the needle for me, but I didn't even have enough energy to think about those things when I was opening the mail and sending out my own invoices and, you know, all this pesky little stuff. So, so if you haven't done that, do it. That's my, that's, that's the first thing. What do you think about this, this Pareto principle? Have you seen in your life where, man, we've got a long to do list, but most of them don't really matter. And a few of them are really what are creating the big results have you had that experience? I would say that that right there is something that I am currently realizing. You know, if we want to get granular and be truthful here in my world, I am at the place now where I'm really working with um, executive assistant type work for the first time consistently yeah. getting on a rhythm with this person and saying, Hey, every Friday let's meet and let's talk through X, Y, Z. And I'm eliminating things that steal my energy away that this other person can pull off. And prior to this, it wasn't that I thought I was better than anyone else. It was just, I never had help. Yeah. I just didn't think of myself as a duplicable model, yeah. but now I'm like, well, if this person can duplicate this instance for me, then yeah. And of course, and, and of course the results are 10 X immediately, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, if I don't have to send those emails, I remember, I remember meeting somebody who was a really successful entrepreneur and she told me about this concept of desk fairies. She had, okay. she had a, a team of people working for, her, but every day at four 30, two desk fairies came in and these were members of her team, key, I mean, valuable members. She didn't mean to be demeaning by calling them that. Sure. Because it sounded like a dust bunny at first no, no, or something. No, no, like no. I was like, is desk this good fairies, or bad? <laughs> these desk fairies would come in and help her clear her desk, both literally and metaphorically. So clear her mind, clear her email. So they would come in and just say, okay, what about this paper? What, what needs to happen with it? Oh, I, take that to accounting. We need to pay that bill. Um, okay, well, you've got these 10 emails. Oh yeah. Can you tell them such and such? And I need to do that and go ahead and schedule that. And literally every day at four 30, she would clear her desk, clear her inbox, clear her head. And these two desk fairies would just make it all go away. And so every day <laughs> at the end of the day, she was like ready to go home and check out. And the next day she'd do it all over again. And I thought, wow, that's brilliant. I don't have physical desk. Right. Fairies, right? Okay. My team is mostly remote. Yeah. Um, but I have similar concepts in place and it's, it, it's brilliant because otherwise you get to the end of your day and you're like, Oh, I got to send those emails before I can get out of here and look at this pile of paper. I've got it. And it just saps your energy. So I, okay. I love the idea. The, the corporate Tinkerbell theory, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got a new blog post coming out on that that's soon. Your, Be waiting your, that's for your it. first book. There, there it is. There it is. I like okay. it. All right. So the 80, 20, let's, let's try to eliminate or automate or delegate the stuff that isn't producing the biggest results that you don't love to do. That isn't making you the most money. Yep. Let, let's eliminate those things or automate or delegate. So why, by the way, why that order? Have you ever thought about that? Because that order is important. I think. Oh, okay. Why really? I was going to ask first? a question about it. So eliminate, I would say, well, I, I think based on the Pareto principle, if you understand the 80, 20 or 90, 10 principle of Pareto, because I think Pareto started out with actually 90, 10, but it's expanded so. to 80, 20. So. I don't know. It's that much 
of what you're doing or focused on gives you no results. It's not just, so if you delegate a bunch of things that still don't give you results, it's, it's not getting you anywhere. Right. right? So I guess, yeah, you do stuff that doesn't matter. Right. Right. So, So, Oh, the effective and efficiency you've given me a good, uh, so how do you say that the effectiveness and the efficiency? Yeah. Do it. Being efficient is doing things the right way. Right. It's, okay. it's being really minimize the, the resources, the time, effort, energy required to do something. Okay. But you can be efficient without being effective. Being efficient is doing things the right way. Being effective is doing the right things. That's it. So I can be efficient at moving files from one filing cabinet to another. I, I can get really efficient. Like, okay, I open the file, this, but, but it's not, it, it's worthless. Right. And a lot of what we do, we obsess over being efficient and we shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah. Better not do it. I don't know how to say it exactly, but I think you'll resonate and you'll hopefully pull me out of the quote pit that I (laughs) am about to get myself into is there's nothing worse than doing something effectively that shouldn't be done at all. It just shouldn't be done at all. There it is. Okay. So so I guess that's why we eliminate. eliminate. That's why we eliminate. Then we try to automate before we delegate, because if it's something that can be automated, um, number one, just the exercise of thinking through the automation will, will clear your head and like, what, what are the, de- what's the decision tree like? Like why, sh- okay, this happens and then this happens. And based on this, you're going even if you can't automate it, thinking through that process is going to be a lot more useful when you go to delegate it. You're going to be able to teach that person very quickly. Okay. Here's, here's what to do when this happens, but if you can automate it, do it right. So one classic thing is like bill pay. There are so many people that spend like a couple hours a month just paying their bills. And that kills me. Like it's one thing if you're paycheck to paycheck and you've got to see every dollar and worry about the timing. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to be late on this one. Most of us hopefully aren't living in that situation. Put your bills on auto pay and never think about it. Like the bill comes in and sure, I want to look at it and make sure that there's nothing out of line. Like it's twice as high as usual. Sure. Right. But I don't want to write a check or get online and try to log in and enter my credit card or whatever. Like just, it just gets paid all I have between all the different businesses. Sure. And stuff, I have 150 bills a month. I don't, I don't have a count on it. It might be more than that. All but two are on auto pay. And those two are really irritating to me, but they do, there's no way to automate oh, because it's okay. different every month and oh, okay. companies don't offer that service. Yeah. But almost everything is on auto pay and I just never think about it or waste time on it. But there's all kinds of stuff you can automate, all kinds of stuff you can automate. And, and if you're not taking advantage of that, you're wasting your time or your team's time. So if you can't automate it, automate it. And then finally delegate it and give people rules, give people a, a, a framework here's how to make the decision so that, and give them authority, Yeah. right? I would rather my team make some small mistakes than constantly wait on me to answer questions and give them approval and whatever. So I give them a budget, I give them rules. I say, look, I'm never gonna get you in trouble for making a decision. I want you to be biased for action. So I give them- Biased for action, okay, I like that. Three three fold criteria. All right. right. Number one is, do you have enough information to make this decision? Okay. Enough information, right? Number two, um, do do you feel reasonably confident about this decision? And number three, is the risk acceptably low? So is the is the risk low? Do you have confidence and do you have enough information? If if you're making a big decision, ten thousand dollars, and you've only considered one option, 
you don't have enough information, right? Mm-hmm. You should probably do more homework. If you're really uncertain, like, ah, we could do this or we could do this. I just don't know because this is not my very experience. Probably shouldn't make a big decision. And if the risk is really high, there's a difference between a $5,000 decision and a $50 decision. Sure. If it's $50 decision and you're like, yeah, I checked a couple, I, I'm good, make it. And even if you make the wrong decision, I tell my team all the time, I'm going to applaud you for making a decision. We'll talk about how to make a better decision next time, but right. I'm not going to slap your wrist right. for making a mistake. I'm going to applaud you, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to be the bottleneck. Because that's actually more efficient yes. than you having to deal with the weight of all of the decisions. And, and there's fatigue the around. Yeah. They're growing and yeah. getting better and Love more people and more valuable. So, all right. Okay. So, eliminate, automate, delegate. Um, let's talk about confidence. So, Dan Sullivan has a book called The Four C's, and it's, it's a little 30-page book. It's a great read. I'd mm-hmm. recommend it to you. Okay. If you haven't read it. He says there are four steps to building your own confidence. Number one is you make a commitment to do whatever scary thing it is, which requires courage, the second thing. So you make a commitment. I've told you before, I got my start a long time ago in a high school. Somebody asked me uh, if I could build them a website. And I said, yeah, I'll build you a website. Right? I didn't know how to build a website. I went down to the library and I got a book about web design for dummies or whatever it was, and yeah. I figured it out. Right, and okay. I built this website, and yeah. um, and I've done that again and again and again. I'm always committing to stuff that I don't know how to do because I know that I'm a smart, capable person, and somebody out there knows how to do it, and I can learn as well as the next guy can. So I'm always committing to things that I'm not. I've got most of the raw material, but I'm not quite sure how to do it. That requires courage. It's uncomfortable. Right. Courage, by the way, is not acting in the absence of fear. It's acting. In despite, face of it. Yeah, yeah, despite, despite the it, fear. Right? Yeah. All right. So you make a commitment, you, you exercise courage, you, you result, the result then is that you have new capabilities. You're like, Hey, I figured this out. Now I've got a new capability and that fuels your confidence. And then that confidence fuels the cycle all over again. So here's how you use this to your advantage. You go backwards and you say, when have I benefited from this in the past? When have I done something that, that was uncomfortable? And look at what, and write it down, write down this thing that was uncomfortable. This required courage for these reasons. Look at the capabilities that came out of that. Now I'm stronger at this. I'm more skilled at this. I've got this new key. And then how did I feel coming out of that? Man, I had more confidence. All right, now take that high of confidence and fuel the next thing and say, all right, what opportunities before me that I'm a little, I'm feeling a little nervous about, I'm a little afraid of it, but look, I'm a smart, capable person. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go ahead and commit to that and I'll figure it out. The result will be more capability, more confidence. So if you're feeling stuck, we got on this whole topic about momentum, right? Yeah. A lot of times you, you might have a physiological route. So get better sleep, get better nutrition, get better exercise. It might be that you're doing the wrong things. So eliminate, automate, delegate. Yep. It might be that you don't have enough confidence just because you haven't really thought about, oh yeah, look, I've done this before. I can do this again. Or I think the last big idea for today is just break it down and take the first action. I don't know if you've experienced this. I have again and again, when I really don't want to do something, I'm procrastinating. I don't have energy. I'm insecure about it, whatever. I might ignore that thing for weeks or even months. But when I finally get around to breaking it down into, okay, what's the first action? And I take that first action. It's like magic. Snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. Everything just the momentum carries you through the process of getting it all done. And sometimes we just haven't put it to our mindset on not the big task ahead of us, but just the one step we need to take today. Right. I mean, you eat an elephant one step at a time, you know, a journey of a thousand miles is one step or one bite. See, I'm just, 
really struggling today on my quotes. This is like the quote episode that I can't get right. But uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's there right. it is. Yeah, and you um, the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, know, it is, yes. we knew what you meant. See, everybody knows. This is that type of podcast. So um, what I think that I've heard in the realm of uh, Dan Sullivan, as you mentioned, the yep. four C's and all that, is I heard him say one time, because of course you got me loving this guy and what he teaches and how he coaches folks, is that we have lost the ability at some point when we're at a st stopping point in our momentum, yep. our creativity and our energy, we've lost the ability to see ourselves with a compelling future. Yep. We can't figure out mentally actually what it is we're going for, who we want to be when we get this project done or something like that. So we have to clear our minds of the trash that's disallowing us to see ourselves as a brighter, healthier, more energetic or a person who's got the confidence because they finished a project on the next one you got it i think we're running out of time but that that vision casting picturing a bigger tomorrow than your yesterday is critical you've always got to have hope of something better you've got to be envisioning that future self that you want to be and then take the first action so that was my advice to my friend who said man i just am feeling stuck mm. i can't get anything done i'm struggling with some health stuff and not being very productive i said look i mean First of all, hopefully I exercise some compassion. I just didn't go right for the, the kill. But I said, in, in the final analysis, look, man, you've got a whole bunch of opportunities in front of you and you're not feeling motivated about any of them. But pick your favorite one, break it down into what is one thing that I can do today. You're not feeling well, you don't have a lot of energy, but there are some things that you can do even from your desk without expending a lot of energy. What's one thing that you can do to advance that goal? And he did it. And then it's like, before you know it, you've done three or four or five things because the first thing felt pretty good and you got this little hit of, you know, happy brain chemicals. There and, you go. Yep. And, and before you know it, you've broken yourself out of the funk. Speaking of happy brain chemicals, right before we started this on our TikTok live that we went into for the first time, somebody asked him what his favorite song was and I heard it right there and it's from the Beatles. You get by with a little help from your friends, right? <laughs> so that's go. if you have a good friend like Tim this or a coach like this man. Started. Yes, <laughs> right there. Well, yes, because the next line, of course, is I get a little high with the help of my friends. That's that happy brain chemical there. But that is a completely different podcast. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you've enjoyed Grow With Tim today, talking about momentum, getting unstuck and getting your energy back to get back on track, to be able to move on to the next progressive level. We love you guys out there following us here, there and everywhere. Subscribe, like and share with us how you're learning to grow with Tim yourself.